0: Wednesday, yes, happy, happy Wednesday. Trust you are having a powerful midweek, powerful, productive, you're learning something, you're inventing something, you're being strategic, you're being vigilant, all the above. All right, so I have a great topic today. First off, I want to say thank you for all the feedback that you gave us on the last show, that we did. Anthony Lee was phenomenal. It was excellent. So yes, today we are going to be talking about more money, money issues in real estate, how much it costs overall to jump into real estate, uh, investing and purchasing in real estate. And this one could hit home so much so as we are talking about closing the wealth gap, closing the disparities in housing home ownership. I know there's been a big push from, you know, large organizations like the, uh, you know, the Asian uh, real estate organizations, the African-American real estate organizations, the national uh, Latino real estate organizations. I mean, there's a big push with various organizations that are pushing for their groups of people uh, to increase home ownership. But here, here is where it will get interesting because- There is a current class action lawsuit but no one is really talking about, except for me. I've been talking about this since 2019 when I first did a workshop about this. So it's now year four. Wow, going to year four. And this thing is starting to catch some steam. So we're going to do classroom style in terms of um, what we'll discuss today. Before I do that, I just want to say... Uh, Let's talk about um, writing down your goals real quick. Make sure you're writing down those goals for 2023. Hashtag real estate goals. And of course, if you're new to the show, welcome. My name's Lisa Gillette, also known as Super Agent. I am real estate broker, owner of Dovenio Estates, creator and founder of all cool things and swag in real estate. We had a great event. I was able to facilitate because I'm also a professional agent trainer, international speaker, award-winning author, and all the cool things that my designation say in terms of pricing strategy advisor, senior uh, real estate specialist, short sales and foreclosure certified along with probate experience, all that good stuff, right? All the fun stuff in real estate, which are not the easy deals oftentimes. Like what I just read off, kind of working in the senior um, senior community or working with the senior community oftentimes requires an extra, extra, um, you know, care uh, and and fiduciary duties to make sure that you are maximizing the equity of that particular uh, homeowner's property or portfolio, for that matter. <clears throat> I've got a lot of clients that are liquidating portfolios, so doing consultations on that. And folks are just, you know, cashing out and saying, you know, I don't want to deal with tennis. I want to enjoy life and move on to the next. So with all that I say, um, I have a passion for this industry. I have facilitated and taught real estate classes for youth ages 10 and up. We are doing our boot camp this summer right here in my office. And so I'm excited about that. Stay tuned for that. We are kicking off our real estate classes. In fact, we are voting right now which class we should have first. So I'm also excited about that. I should drop the link so let me let me drop the link so that you can um, sign up. in fact, yes let's do that. Let's do that. So sign up uh, for our real estate community classes. And I use my Linktree link because I've got so much going on just <laughs> in terms of real estate, right? I'm a broker, a trainer. Um, we've got the classes, we've just lots going on, I, you know, books and merch. So I just use a Linktree for all of that stuff because you get to uh, get in where you fit in. And that's, you know, what resonates with you. Uh, if you sign up for our, or it's really mine. If you sign up for my newsletter updates or announcements, I don't like bombard you with all kinds of stuff. Like, so you can sign up using uh, the link tree right here. So it's uh, for those who are, are listening to the podcast, link tree is l i n k t r dot e e forward slash la super agent. Again, the link tree link is l i n k t r dot e e forward slash L a super agent. And just so just for the sake of conversation, um, this is what it looks like. So I can actually share this for you. So you go, is this is where I need to be? Is this where I need to be? Is this where it is, Lisa? Yes, that's where it is. That's where it is. So boom. So this is what it looks like. Um, When you go to the link tree, basically says, uh, Basically says, uh, submit a question to be answered on the live show. You can click that. Uh, Our 2023 real estate class. So you want to click there if you want to join. Gives you that information. Um, Well, it's asking me to verify. So now let me go back. So yeah, there, of course, links to schedule creative consult. Uh, I've got a lot more people, uh, industry specific, that are asking for this one-on-one. I just did the how to create your own podcast. And so, yes, you can schedule for a creative consult so that we can create, um, you know, look at your branding, look at what you're doing, and just design a plan for you to increase your influence and your connection with your community. All right. And of course, to, tune in Wednesdays live, podcast, the books, subscribe. Um, of course, got all kinds of stuff. So, here it is, right? So this is why I use Linktree, because you girls got a lot going on. Yeah, you girls got a lot going on. Okay, so let's cut that out. So that's announcements. That's what's going on. I will do a screen share. But before I do that, I, I do want to say, um, let's just kind of give a blurb legal advice, and we'll come right back after a sponsor break, of course. The information provided on this show should not be considered legal or tax advice. Please seek legal and tax advice from reputable licensed professionals. I'll say that again, from le- reputable licensed professionals. Especially as I'm talking about this hot topic on this lawsuit, sellers have you know moved to sue the largest real estate companies in America. Some big names that we'll talk about and kind of what's going on, like what's cooking because this is really important. And if I'm talking about it, it's because you should be paying attention because this is going to affect your bottom line if you're a buyer. If you're a seller and and sellers prevail in this class action lawsuit, um, you've got a good situation happening again. So again, if sellers prevail in this class action lawsuit, you've got a good situation happening, all right? So make sure if you're tuning in, make sure you press one, let me know you're here, press two, Let's me know you shared it. One, lets me know you're here. Two, lets me know you shared it. And then of course, I do wanna say, uh, we'll be right back after this sponsor break, all right? Do you have properties that need to be maintained? For professional services that guarantee your property will stay safe and secure, Omnis Property is the team you want by your side. As a company, we pride ourselves on our best in class professionals, equipped with the latest technology for all your end-to-end property preservation needs. That means that from start to finish, our expert team can handle everything from accurate assessments to preservation projects of all sizes. Save money and time by working with leading experts that understand your needs and are committed to premier service. Get started today by contacting us for your project estimate. Visit www.omnispreservation.com or call 310-957-9132. Right. woo woo, Winning. We are winning. I've got a couple more uh, sponsors that are lining up their um, commercial so that we can get them featured as well. If you're an industry professional, your agent, broker, owner, your inspector, appraiser, title rep, escrow officer, let's connect so that we can get you plugged in on the show. Remember, our audience is not just local, um, not just local, but we do have an international presence. So that's pretty cool. You never know how far your brand can reach. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Podcasting is a great way to advertise, is a great way to advertise and connect with new business, new clients, new customers. All right. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but it's all good. Some of you know all of this again. Okay. Uh excited. I'm going to hold this up here. We are on episode 195. Thank you to those of, of you who are tuning in on wherever you listen to your podcast, whatever platforms you're using. Of course, I want to say shout out to our radio podcast listeners and those who are streaming on the ERGJ Enterprise page, uh, YouTube, Facebook Watch channel, because we are an official a Facebook Watch channel. So I, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited because this year is... Has already been great. Like we've rolled right into it. Uh, let me just put my phone on mute because you know how that is. I see messages coming in. In fact, I've got someone asking about Omnis right now, uh, wanting to know if they do Holloway and trash removal. Yes, they do. So you hear that, Omnis? You've got somebody who's inquiring live right on the show. That's so cool. Very timely. Okay, let's jump into this. So i'll read this off the screen again we'll do classroom style take some notes and i use presentations as talking points i will be giving you or feeding you more information in terms of context background my professional opinion my professional opinion i would love to hear what you have to say as it relates to this direction right okay so minority home buyers will have to pay more for representation. I feel like that's a little bit, you know, that's me kind of dropping some clickbait so we can stir this conversation because that's who I think is going to be affected dramatically, drastically. We oftentimes see, right, when the saying is, right, we get hit to the game, we learn the game, and then those who are in the underserved communities end up getting the shorter end of the stick when the rules change. So I've said this at the top of the year. 2023 has a, really the pandemic, pandemic endemic, however you perceive it, uh, has brought many many new real estate changes for 2023 and beyond. There are some changes that are in in effect for just 3 years. And when I saw these changes, I said that's very interesting. So So politicians imagine that the housing recession crash, however they want to perceive it, is going to happen between 2023 and 2026, and then we're going to get back to normal. So that's, you know, I pay attention to the sunrise and sunset of some of these bills and laws that have come into play. You should too. Um, So let's go. Agents Commission lawsuit heads to trial And in fact, as I was catching up on my notes, it was originally scheduled to begin February. We are in February 1 today. It was initially uh, scheduled to begin February, February, but um, I believe it was uh, Home Services of America, which is an affiliate to Berkshire Hathaway, request uh, to postpone and NAR really wasn't on board with that. National Association of Realtors was not really on board with that. But, you know, they're all collectively defendants. And we'll be talking about who the defendants are in this lawsuit. Uh, it has been postponed and to begin as a jury trial, October 16th, 2023. Wouldn't it be cool? I would love for this to be televised. This would like the Johnny Depp Sign me up. Bring the cameras in the courtroom. I want to be all in this. <laughs> who else? Who else wants to be in this? Yeah, yeah, I I would definitely want to be in 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 the courtroom for this case. All right. So this all started. When did this all start? Right in 2019, Sitzer and Winger were the initial plaintiffs that filed a complaint against the buyer broker rule. So this is, the jurisdiction is Missouri. This is in the state of Missouri where this happened, where this went all down. And it was for the sale of a property. They sold their home, it listed it. I believe Winger's home, I believe Sitzer was in Kansas and Winger's likely in Missouri. And when I, I say they're, they were initial plaintiffs, they're the one that kicked this whole thing off. They're no longer part of the uh, suit. And in fact, it's snowballed into uh, more uh, sellers and more attorneys that have all pulled in. We're going to talk about class action. So let's stick with it. Stick with me here. I get, ex- I get so excited about this because it's this is like what we're, what we are witnessing is the second largest real estate lawsuit to date. This is the second largest real estate lawsuit to date. Um, it, I've seen different uh, sources, uh, the real deal being one. Um, I think it was House, uh, I forget what the name of it, but they are calling this the bombshell lawsuit drop that in the comments below um this is known as the bomb bombshell lawsuit yeah real estate why do you think my feet my people why do you think peeps Oh, by the way, if you're tuning in from next door, because I've been sharing my links there as well. Welcome. Welcome. So glad to connect with you. Looking forward to connect with you live in person at more of our real estate workshops and events. So this is known as the bombshell lawsuit in real estate, second largest lawsuit to date in real estate. Why? Because depending on whether the sellers and the plaintiffs, the sellers who are the plaintiffs in this lawsuit, if they prevail... It will collapse the business model of real estate as we know it, as we know it. Ebony Campbell, thank you for dropping that in. Welcome, absolutely, bombshell lawsuit. And they are likely, they being the industry, you know, the industry is always under attack, right? So we've had AI and, you know, all these other companies, third party, everyone's trying to find a cheaper way of doing real estate business, right? Less commissions where our commissions are always under attack and, you know, attempting to simplify the process. That all works when you have cookie cutter deals. But like I said, being a pricing strategy advisor, foreclosure, sale, a certified uh, short sale, probate, those are not cookie cutter deals. Those aren't easy. You can't just use AI and platforms to problem solve those types of issues. You real, you need real people, real experience. Ooh, that sounds like a great commercial. I like that. Make sure we write that down. Real <laughs> real world. I'm sure someone's got that out any out there anyway. So let's move on. Um they've signed, they, they've filed this lawsuit, and here's why. Okay, so here's the base of the lawsuit. Here's the issue. The seller, as it currently is set up with the MLS, (laughs) thank you, Ebony, the seller, as it's uh, currently set up with the MLS, is responsible to pay the buyer's broker commission. Let's think about that. The seller is paying for the buyer's broker commission. Yes, the new money comes from the buyer's new loan right? Or cash, if, if they've got cash. And the buyer's broken is already pre-negotiated. That's what we need to pay attention to. If I represent a buyer, the buyer is not usually paying me out of pocket, like attorneys, retainers, deposits. They're not usually doing that. What is happening is the seller negotiates with the seller's agent, known as a listing agent. See, now let's do li- real estate terms. You're now in my class. Oh my gosh. Okay, so time block about, look, 30 35 minutes because we're going to do class. Listing agent is known as a seller's agent, all right? And, and see, when I do my classes, I, I do terms so that people know Uh, Who are we talking about? Because when you take a real estate exam, you need to know, you know, who is the selling agent and who's the listing agent. It's very confusing, but the MLS, which is known as the multiple listing service is, uh, has updated those terms to to be synonymous with what the general public and agents commonly use, such as a buyer's agent is known as a buyer's agent and the listing agent is known as a seller's agent. So let me just go back and let's highlight that here so that you all have it. Listing agent is known as a seller's agent. All right, listing agent known as the seller's agent. And in this instance, what you have happening is the seller is, for example, um, and I must say this because oftentimes people think commissions are what they are. Well, that's what it is. Commissions average out to be five and a half. In California, it comes out to be five, five point four, five point five four two percent, something like that. Um, it averages out to be that average in California. Nationally, we're at like um, somewhere like five and a half, between five point three five and a half, something like that. And so, when we hear uh, when I when I did this class uh, four years ago it was this hit on 6%, right? Suits on 6% commissions. That's what we hear. Oh, you got to pay an agent 6%. And that 6% gets split between, you know, um, the buyer's agent, the seller's agent, right? So yeah, buyer's agent is a selling agent. And this is all set up in the multiple listing service, pre-negotiated and disclosed to the buyer's broker, how much commission they were getting paid to sell that particular property. Now, why is that an issue or why that could be an issue? And it has recently changed as a result of what's happening is because agents sometimes would not, agents sometimes would not show a property if they were not earning at least 2% on the sale. Oh. <laughs> Go figure, right? Some of these commissions were not always 2%, 1%, some were even flat feet. Why is that possible? Because commissions are not fixed by law. That is against the law to fix commissions. And that's where this is headed towards. All right. So the defendants, who are the defendants? Keller Williams Realty. Realogy, Realogy, owner of the largest real estate franchises, which I think is classic because oftentimes, and I've said this, people don't realize that these companies are all the same. They're just wrapped in a different brand, color, and everyone's dangling that shiny apple and say, come join our company. But you're all really all one under the same and owned by the same company. It's just to... You know, appease to the personalities and the egos of the agents that join those companies that f- make them feel like they are distinguished, right? But in reality, here you have it: that Realogy owns Century Twenty One, Coldwell Banker, and Sotheby's. Uh, also included as the def- as a defendant is Remax, and lastly, Home Services of America, which is an affiliate with Berkshire. Hathaway. So Warren Buffett's, one of Warren Buffett's companies is also listed in this lawsuit. So given, um, oh, and I forgot to add the National Association of Realtors, which is the largest trade organization in the real estate industry for real estate industry professionals. Oh, gosh. So make sure you add that in your note that, um, also included as defendant is uh nar okay i didn't add that so the defendants are included in this case are listed here these are the defendants recognize some familiar names absolutely so this is why this is not really be taught in my my mind right it's like it's kind of pretty quiet but as of recently, I've been noticing that uh, CAR, because I'm part of the California Association of Realtors, has been sharing some news about this. And recently, <clears throat> they have shared. Recently, uh, as part of this investigate this case, it has garnered the attention of the Department of Justice. I'll get there shortly. So here's the base: sellers do not have the option to negotiate the buyer's broker commission yet the seller is obligated to pay the buyer's broker commission. And this is under the buyer broker rule or what they're also known or called at calling the adverse adversary rule. What I've recently learned is that not all countries use buyer's agent. Not all countries use buyer's agent. And Let's take it a step further here in the United States. Buyers agency is just as old as I am, born in the 80s. Buyers agency is a new thing. Buyers agency specialist designations and representation and what is being sold and packaged to industry professionals to be specialized as a buyer's agent is a, is a new thing. I feel like I'm a new thing born in the 80s. I'm still, I'm still young, still new, right? Learning, so let's write that down. Buyer's agency um, established in 1980s. Here's why that's important, because let's think about prior to that, as we're talking about um, underserved communities, minority, and everything, you know, and and that's that's now we're in a we're now in a state of inclusive of uh, the LGBT community, uh, especially because um, we're talking about a period where the real estate environment and really the people that were selling real estate back in the nineteen forties, fifties, sixties, seventies were not as open to diversity. There's a big push in the industry for diversity, inclusion, and equity, right? We now have committees on these various associations, the real estate associations that are pushing to be diverse, inclusive, and equitable and offering that equity. And so buyer's agency was established in 1980. So let's think about this. If we are now up against so let me, let me, I was having this conversation with my husband last night. And so let's talk about how, I don't know this for a fact, but I can see how the commission model did not keep up with the change. So if buyer's agency uh, was created in the 1980s, that means that buyers typically were not represented when they wanted to make an offer on a home. They would contact the seller's agent known as the listing agent and negotiate with the listing agent, write the offer, submit the offer. And so in that sequence, if you had an agent that brought a buyer to that transaction, that buyer's agent was known as a sub agent for the seller, because essentially they were working to bring a buyer to help the seller and the seller's agent sell the property we had sub-agency. So at that time, it made sense to pay the sub-agent commission, although the sub-agent was representing the buyer. What has happened since then is this clear split of fiduciary duties and positions In fact, we have to disclose it and require that our clients sign an acknowledgement that you understand which party represents your interests, buyer's agency, seller's agency, or dual agency, meaning the, uh, the agent or the broker is representing both sides or both parties. So fast forward to 1980s, now we have buyer's agency created and there's a big push for buyer representation. And the buyer's there to negotiate the best deal, best terms, and oftentimes not the seller's asking price for that buyer. But the buyer's broker commission rule did not evolve with that change. You see what happened? Because now we have buyer's agents representing and Competing in a sense against what the seller is offering. Rarely do you have someone we just witnessed this wild ma- market in the pandemic where buyers were offering above, you know, full price and or above asking price, very rare. But usually you'd see these parties negotiate. And it's not oftentimes full asking. We're at a place where inventory is low, demand is high, we've got hypermarkets local in, in various local markets in the country. So the demand and pricing is is reflecting just kind of economics, right? Supply and demand. So here you have this evolution of agency relationships between sellers, agents, and buyer's agents has evolved, but not so much how buyer's agency commission were paid or who paid it. And in this case, you have the seller still paying it even though they may not get full price offer. And that was the base of this lawsuit. The seller sold their property for $600,000 or listed it for $600,000. The buyer's agent negotiated an offer for 590, which was a $10,000 reduction. And the seller still had to pay the full commission as advertised on the multiple listing service. Are you with me here? Are you with me? Okay, this gets deeper. So the National Association of Realtors is who stipulates this adversary commission rule or the buyer broker rule. Those The agency relationship became distinct between buyer and seller, but who was responsible for paying that was described by the National Association of Realtors in the MLS rules and policies known as buyer broker rule, known as cooperating broker policies. Here's what's interesting, the case caught the attention of the Department of Justice. So the DOJ got involved and they've been involved investigating for the last two years where eventually under the Trump administration, the National Association of Realtors and the DOJ came to a settlement. They came to a settlement. The DOJ was scrutinizing and investigating the MLS rules. They pulled the data. They wanted to see how many, what was the percentage of listings sold compared, sold at a buyer broker commission at 2.5% or more compared to a flat fee or 1%. And what they were uncovering is accurate. Agents were not always showing buyers every property available to them based on their criteria and price range. Why? Because it was motivated by the commission. I, I don't think you understand this. I don't think you motivated by the commission. That's why Zillow, Redfin, uh, all these other platforms that have been born out of you know the technology boom and being able to access our data from the MLS, because that's how Zillow got the MLS and the, the data for properties, was through us. It was through the MLS. Came in through the back door, turned around and, you know, became the giant they are for home searches. People start on Zillow to home search and now Zillow is a real estate company and now they're a competitor to our industry per se, right? Where now people are just listing with them as opposed to listing with through the MLS, through us. And that's a whole nother history and issue, <clears throat> We're supposed to be cooperating, team. Remember, work together. Not so much. Why? Because this is a trillion dollar industry. Trillions with a T. So a trillion dollars industry. So this is why, as of recent, if you've looked on uh online on these platforms, you now can see what is the buyer's commission. You couldn't see that prior to all of this. You didn't even know, you didn't even have a conversation about commission right we've been doing things the way things have always been done you located an agent you consulted with them you found property search and you went out and looked for properties and somehow miraculously the deal got done and closed and your buyer's agent was happy because they got paid somehow right (laughs) magically paid not so much why because As of last year, the court granted class action certification for this lawsuit. So this will enable any seller who paid a broker commission for the sale of residential property across the state of Missouri to be represented in this lawsuit. Between 2014, I believe that the parameters is 2014 to 2017. That's estimated for the state of Missouri to be about $1 billion in buyer agent commission. $1 billion with a B in buyer's agent commissions. And so the reality is, buyer's agents are not required to assist with a real estate sale. In fact, neither are listing agents or the seller's agent. Sellers are not required to hire a real estate professional to represent them in the sale. Is it recommended? Yes, right. You don't fix your own car unless you're specialized. Uh, don't represent yourself <clears throat> unless you know for no reason, right? Uh, wh- what is the saying with the attorneys? Uh, uh, an attorney who has a has themselves as a client. What is it? You have a fool for a client, something like that, right? <clears throat> Buyer's agents the same. In fact, when I I's noticed over time for all of our listings that we have put on the market as a listing broker, the buyers have called us directly. Rarely were we being contacted by a buyer's agent who was representing a buyer. Oftentimes with this access to information via the technology and the web, Buyers can now look online and contact the listing agent directly. In fact, as part of this lawsuit um, and the investigation into the Department of Justice, uh, Zillow and Redfin and all those platforms that were charging real estate professionals to be bumped to the top as a featured agent now required us to be transparent of who really was the listing agent of that property, because oftentimes it was being pushed, advertised, and I'm going to use this word and I'm going to use it uh, carefully. It appeared misrepresented when you looked at a listing online, who actually was the listing agent because you had agents paying for ad spots featured spots and so that was to solicit buyers the argument today is well now let's be more transparent of who really represents this the listing and or the seller and give them the option to contact the seller's agent if they so choose, or they can pick any of the other uh, advertised or featured agents listed on that same site alongside that listing. There's been some changes. You may not have noticed these things because we had been doing things the way things have always been done. But as we're talking about this push for transparency, diversity, inclusion, equity, We're seeing these slow changes, right? These subtle changes that are affecting our business. So if I'm going to wrap this up now, right on time too. If the sellers prevail in this class action lawsuit, that means it will be the collapse of buyer broker commissions as we know it. It will be the collapse of how we do business and who is represented and whether they're represented ethically and fairly, because we're already dealing with the fact that we know people are prejudiced, they discriminate and they're biased. We just saw Wells Fargo get hit with a billion dollar fine for their unethical and illegal practices in home loans, auto loans, credit cards, illegal foreclosures. I can go on. I'm just listen. I'm just ready for them to shut down Wells Fargo. Like, why haven't we shut down Wells Fargo? That would be the message. Not finding them a billion dollars because they're a they're multi billion. It's a drop in a bucket for them. They've been fined collectively over the last five years. You know, ten million here, sixty million here, thirty two million here. Now the CFPB has hit them with a billion dollar fine. Now I say shut them down leave this, you know, I'm all like punitive damages, make an example, screw that, take away. In fact, they were suspended for about 10 years from uh, participating in financial securities because they were, you know, opening accounts for people illegally and doing all kinds of mess. I say that to say, if we've got big banks, which some of them are the biggest gangsters around, participating in these illegal discriminatory practices, What makes you think some of these brokers and agents are not participating? You'd be surprised what people are doing for a buck. And right now we're witnessing the pendulum shift. Right now we're going to see agents feel the pinch because we just came out off of the greatest high of all time. Money was easy. Money was flowing. And when the Federal Reserve, which I believe they should have announced already what they're what's what they're doing with interest rates, um, as they've been raising the interest rates, squeezing on the market, right, to cool the market down, what's been happening is you 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 kind of bottleneck the inventory. You bottleneck just the demand. you're squeezing it. It's a squeeze right now in the real estate community. And so for those who are not uh, actively doing this full-time, or excuse me, yeah, full-time, you got part-time folks who were kind of able to make it through, we're going to see those effects because even those full-time brokers are now saying, okay, I remember what this period looks like. What should I be doing? I've got to pivot. That's the conversation of pivoting. I train agents. So I've been saying lead with education and lead with value. Stop chasing checks, stop chasing commissions, stop chasing leads. I've been saying that for 16 years that I've been in this business. Is yes, it's a slower way to build your business as it was for me, but I have staying power. This is long game longevity. It was my goal and my vision to see myself. After 2006 and the, the, or in 20, 2007, 08, market, bus, tank. It was my vision to see myself still here. Here we are, 2023. And the question I have for industry professionals is how do you provide value so that the buyer is comfortable to pay for your commission? they will have to pay out of pocket along with their down payment plus their closing costs plus the agent's commission let, you know let, let's do some math so that you guys really understand you hear me getting really passionate I'm getting hyped I'm getting passionate about this i'm going to show you some math real quick on an example of a $500,000 house okay so without the buyer broker rule the seller won't pay the commission for your buyer's agent if you use one the buyer will have to pay for the buyer's agent commission if you hire one. Yes, you can do one of two things. You can just use the seller's agent, not likely recommended because again, let's go back to the 1980s. Why buyer's agency was created in the first place is because buyers who went directly to the seller was getting the short end of the stick. They were oftentimes being screwed big time, not knowing what their contingencies are, right? not knowing how to protect their deposit if they decided to cancel a deal. How to negotiate inspections once you do the inspections. How to negotiate appraisal when it comes in when it comes in less than contract price. What do you do then? How to work through your financing. What do you need to know? Repair credits, different credits. There's just so much in there that you lose out and do you think a seller who repre- a seller's agent who's representing the seller, whose fiduciary duty is to his seller first, then you, is going to be advocating for you? We're in an arena where it's showing, right? It's rearing its ugly head that we still have unfair practices in existence. Why? Because we're dealing with people. We're dealing with people, all kinds of people, not everyone leads and lives by the golden rule. So I say for those who are in underserved communities and you don't understand this right now, you don't understand the buyer broker rule. If you don't understand agency relationships, you are going to pay a hefty price and it's going to come in two ways. One, you will not buy a house. You will not participate in real estate. Two, you'll end up being charged As I've seen, because I'm still, I see it now, with different, uh, uh, right now, we're we're trying to educate more sellers on PACE, HERO, and solar contract liens. Contractors are doing the work, are doing what? They're price gouging. They're inflating the price to do the work. You don't think agents, if you're not educated and you don't understand this as someone who's a minority, underserved, underrepresented group. If you don't get this or grasp this, you don't think someone's going to inflate the price for representation for you to buy that house because your desire to buy that house is more important than what you think the added costs are? All right. I don't think you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> Here's my example on a $500,000 house. Okay, let's go with 500000 Example on a $500,000 house. Your down payment would be. Uh, let's do. Let's three and a half percent FHA insured loan. Right. Most people always talk about that. But there's also Fannie Mae, Freddie Mae, Freddie Mac. Home ready, possible what three percent. So let's say you you did one of those. Let's go with that. Easy. Make it easier. Easy math. Three percent. So your down payment on that is what fifteen thousand dollars. It's $15,000 on a $500,000 house. So write that down because we're going to add. We'll do some math math. because this is how this, if the sellers prevail in this lawsuit, this is how this is going to affect you. Okay. Closing costs. These are your transactional costs. Closing costs. Let's factor in another 2%. I'm going to do it on the high side. I'm going to do 3%. Now let's do 2% just so that we can, you know. So closing costs. Closing costs on 2% purchase price is $10,000. So now you have how much? You have $15,000 down payment. This is what you need to have saved plus 2% for closing costs. What are closing costs, Lisa? Your closing costs are the cost of the loan. It includes loan origination fees, it includes appraisal fees. It includes um, taxes. It includes insurance. It includes reserves. Oftentimes, you know, three months to six months reserves that you should be able to uh, bring up front for the cost of that loan. Um, it also includes the cost of the mortgage insurance premium or the MIP, which is why I should have really used it three percent versus two percent. but I just wanted to kind of just give you a rough right three percent on down payment, two percent on closing costs. those fees are some of those fees are prorated to the time you take the loan. like property taxes are prorated interest starts the interest starts calculating the day the loan is funded, not the day the loan is closed, not the day you get your key. Interest is calculated and charged the day the loan is funded. Okay? So, that's very important. Sometimes it's very important because it'll be like for, you know, it just starts calculating. So now we have what? 15,000 plus $10,000. How much do you have? You're $25,000. So if you have $25,000 saved up, cool. You can be a viable client to purchase real estate at a $500,000 price point. You can bring your buyer's agent because it's already built into the the, uh, negotiated commission between the seller and the listing agent or the seller and the seller's agent pre-negotiated what they were willing to pay the buyer's agent. That was advertised and posted on the MLS as a cooperating broker rule and policy set by National Association of Realtors. They feel this creates fair play, fair game. Remember commissions are not set by law, but with all that said, if you had $25,000, cool, come on. And then that's not including, um, you know our organization has, CAR has a, a grant covers all your closing costs. Even better, that means you could keep the $10,000 in your pocket because we've got a grant to cover it. Or you're using down payment assistance, right, that you can use towards part of your down payment and or part of your closing costs. Cool, you got that. So you see how that works? If strategically you work with a listing agent or seller and you don't have a buyer's agent, You're going to prayerfully, right? Prayerfully expect that they disclose that you have grant options, down payment options, and talk to you through that. Versus saying, "No, you got twenty five thousand. Cool. I'm, 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 I'm going to spend. I'm. We're gonna, we're gonna spend that all of it." Okay, Ebony's with me. She says that's why you need real people. Thank you. Absolutely. You're feeling me on this. Okay, you're with me here. So we're at twenty five thousand. Now, if this suit prevails, guess what happens? The seller won't pay the buyer's commission anymore. So now be prepared to hear anything from a flat fee, right? So flat fee, let, let me just write it out like this. Buyer's eight, buyers, agent commission. And, and so now we're gonna hear the terms commission, fee, Um. oh my gosh, uh, costs. Uh, what, what else are they going to come up with, <laughs> um, uh, co- consult, uh, um, what else people just, it's semantics, it's semantics are going to come, you know, uh, transactional fee. Oh yeah. They, they're going to get real creative on what they call this fee. Right. So we're going to have we're going to hear it come in the form as flat fee. Flat fees are out already. I've used flat fees um, and it's usually for at a certain price point. And I'll do that on the selling side. I'll do a flat fee and split it. And let me tell you, when I offered a flat fee and I said to the other side, hey, um, we could do in a flat fee of I think for that deal was twelve thousand dollars. And I did a split of um, I did. I didn't do an even split. Because I carry the advertising costs and everything up front, representing a seller to market that property, photos, all that other stuff, uh, that's inclusive that we build into the cost of marketing, right? And so, I it's twelve thousand dollars. I think I did seven thousand and five thousand between. Uh, so I would pay out of the twelve thousand dollars flat fee, seven thousand to our brokerage, five thousand to the buyer's brokerage. When the buyer's agent wrote the offer she said oh that's not the going rate for this area the the rate is two and a half percent and what did i say being being who i am what did i say she said oh the commission is two and a half percent because i offered her a flat fee i said oh commissions are not fixed by law and this is what it is if you'd like to negotiate with the seller about your commission then you're going to have to negotiate that directly, right? And she built it into the contract and she attached it to her offer. There's different ways of doing this. I've done it before is we renegotiate our commission saying, hey, I'm bringing you a ready, willing, able offer. Uh, these are the terms and this is my fee to represent and negotiate this deal. Oftentimes it's not as advertised on the MLS. Now, if the seller agrees or the buyer's uh, or the seller's broker agrees, then that's what it is. So we're going to see likely that these rules on commission is going to change. So that it'll come in form of flat fee, right? So dollar amount and percentage, percentage range from, you know, I'm just gonna say percentage range. So we have that the buyer's agent commission, fee, cost, consult, transactional fee, whatever is going to be creative, it'll be creatively called, can show up as a flat fee or a percentage range. Let's do percentage. So let's say now the buyer's agent says, well, I customarily negotiate and work for 3% on a $500,000 purchase price buyer's agent commission (laughs) buyer's agent commission fee cost consult transactional fee (laughs) Um, if at three percent equals equals what fifteen thousand dollars So that means now we have your, so buyers um, cost to purchase out of pocket is now what? The down payment, right? 3%, 15,000. The closing costs, 2%, 10,000. And buyer's agent, ah, and buyer's agent. Oh, I had it all mapped out, y'all. Plus the buyer's agent commission of fifteen thousand. So how much is that? Twenty-five plus fifteen. We've just now we on a five hundred thousand dollar. Purchase price you went to fifteen thousand plus ten thousand is twenty five thousand plus another fifteen thousand. That's forty thousand dollars. Buyer has to save to purchase forty thousand dollars. the buyer has to save to purchase. Is my math right? 25 plus, oh, excuse me, 15 plus 10 plus 15. Yeah, if I grouped it 15 and 15 or 30 plus 10, that's $40,000. So the buyer would have to save $40,000 to purchase. Who do you think is going to be drastically affected by this? Huh? I'll leave you with that. This was perfect, timely, and I'm glad I can give you something to think about. We're going to wrap this up. I want to say thank you for those who are tuning in, who hung out with us and for sharing. So be sure to subscribe, like, and follow at LA Super Agent on all your favorite platforms. Yes, we're available on radio podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right. We'll see you next week for another information-packed episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Yeah, this was heavy for me, y'all. This was heavy. But this is why we do the show, for the real, raw, and uncut side of real estate. Take care, y'all.